You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Top of the hour here on the Daily Tip, and it is a super Monday as we hurtle towards the Super Bowl this weekend between the Chiefs and the Niners. But first, we'll get to MVP Monday. Over the weekend, the best performance we saw overall uh, with a little basketball flair to it because that's what's going on now. Then at 720, we'll give you the latest updates on the Super Bowl, the line movement, the odds, and maybe the prop bets you should be looking at now before they move. Then at 740, it is your sports weekend headline roundup. Everything you need to know from the weekend that was, because I know a lot of us may not be as dialed in to, say, our phones, say, our score bugs when football's not on. I know that's kind of how I was. I wasn't as, you know, super glued to Twitter because, you know, I did the the cursory glance at things, but I wasn't constantly refreshing like I normally do on an NFL Sunday. So Jenks, Jenks' mm-hmm. Netflix corner should uh-huh. be started back up because we don't have football anymore. Of course, we have basketball. But what's going on in the world of Jenks when it comes hmm. to Netflix? Well, I told Bill about this. Now, you probably have to be a certain age to enjoy it, but if you want to watch an incredible documentary about the recording of we are the world in 1985 there is a new documentary on netflix called the greatest night in pop and it is superlative it's amazing because you have to remember this is at a different time right where they didn't have the internet and cell phones so they're trying to get the greatest artists in the world together and i mean not just great artists i'm talking icons like Michael Jackson, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan, Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, Quincy Jones as the producer. And it's just talent after talent after talent. And how did they get all these people? They had one night, had one night. So what they decided to do was let's let's keep this super secretive and let's record it after the American Music Awards because everyone will be in L.A. for the American Music Awards. And so they do this after the awards ceremony. Like imagine today after these award ceremonies, everyone goes to different parties, whatever. No, everyone went to this sneaky recording studio and they had one night and there's all these egos involved. And then you see some 
some artists have certain capabilities, other artists don't have certain capabilities, so they have to make sure everyone can work together. It's really, really awesome. I mean, truly, if you just want to see icons working and what it's like to actually record a song, especially with that much talent in the room, it was unreal. I could not recommend it highly enough. So what would be like the modern day equivalent of this? Because I'm thinking, okay, we had a pretty big world event that maybe we could use the celebs help on. And that was COVID. But mm -hmm. it sounds like this event struck more of a good chord as opposed to, I think it was, who was it, Gal G Gadot that did like Imagine a World oh, yeah. or something? Do you remember that really cringy video that all the celebrities were like, oh, if you just stay at home and they're yes. recording from their mansions and people are like, yeah. cool, you're right. really fighting for us. We feel that's, it. <laughs> that's like when Ellen DeGeneres was, remember when she released that video? Like, I feel like I'm in a prison and she did it from like the biggest house you've ever seen. It's like, mm, mm, excuse me, ma'am, you're not in a prison. I would love to trade places with you. Right. It was, I, I don't think this would ever happen ever again. Like it's just a different. Okay. Time. What was, what was the event for? Uh, you might've said it. I might've missed it. Sure. No, no, no. It was for, it was to feed. There were people starving in Africa, particularly Ethiopia. So what they were trying um, to do was to raise money for, and this was done first by a, a group called Band-Aid, which was European superstars. And what they said was, the idea was, let's get American superstars together and help feed the hungry. And they raised and continue to raise hundreds of millions of dollars to feed people who need it. So at, it was such a big deal at the time <laughs> that I remember at my elementary school, they played this song every hour on the hour via a record player all day long like at the top of every hour the song would come on a loudspeaker and we would all hear it so it's just kind of crazy it was yeah i just don't know if it would ever happen now because everyone has a certain brand and getting all those people in the same room together and i just it was just a different time and also you don't see telethons anymore like didn't that used to be like a normal thing where on oh, channel yeah. eight or NPR, whatever, PBS, PBS is what I'm looking for. They would have those telethons and you would call in and pledge your support. But now people have too many options. Like people are watching Netflix. People are, you know, on their phones. So it's hard to get that kind of audience. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that type of fundraising would really happen again. Although mm -hmm. uh, one more funny story before we move on to MVP Monday. Did you see where Alyssa Milano was trying to raise money for her kids baseball team? And I'm like, what? come on. She was asking, she had like $700 left in the fundraiser for her kids to go oh to, I think it was God. Cooperstown, which I get. If you're a normal person and you're trying to raise money for your kid's baseball team to go on a tournament, do a car wash. Don't do a right. GoFundMe when you are, you know, I'm not going to say an A-list actress, but I'm sure she's made plenty of money. Oh, God, how tone deaf can you be? When that's when you know you've been in the limelight for so long that you just kind of lose touch with just the common person. Because what is your reaction to be? I'm going to give you money. I've given you plenty of money over the years. I've watched your shows. I've watched your films. Whatever. Like I'm going to give you. You give me some money. How about you help me and and my little my little sons or my daughter's team, whatever it may be. Oh my god. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I didn't see that. That's pretty bad though. Yeah, whatever the opposite of MVP Monday is, Alyssa Milano, you get it. Congratulations. All right, so let's get to the great performances from this weekend. Here 
Here are your nominees for Monday MVP. MVP! 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 How dare you besmirch the name of my childhood crush? No, I'm joking. That was totally, yeah, not, not a good look. Not a good look for my my yeah. If she's my your childhood crush, crush, like she's probably made enough money. Yeah, she's probably a lot of people's childhood crush. Although I she don't. To be fair, to be fair, I don't know how much she got paid for Who's the Boss and whether or not the parentals were hugely involved. But she still had Charmed and a whole bunch of other stuff. So yeah, she's she's fine. <clears throat> she don't need no yeah no right no monetary no help. fund me. <laughs> Yeah, like, it was bad. It was bad. What what happened to selling candy bars, popcorn, things like that? Go exactly. Fly? Come on, do yeah. something. Come on, do a get car out there walk. and do it. Yeah, get out. Lemonade there. stand, anything. Alyssa, yeah. start an OnlyFans. Oh, <laughs> yeah, get on Only. Yes, I was gonna go. I was gonna go duck dunk tank with a white t shirt, but she said OnlyFans, ladies and gentlemen. We'll just keep it at that. All right. I don't know how to transition from that to the MVPs. Just go. (laughs) Just go. Uh, Nominee. Here are your nominees. Nominee number one, Armando Baycott, North Carolina. Baycott, the spin and the reverse. Another touch for Baycott. Left hand and yes. Baycott. And one. Well, he took a shot across the face as well, but Armando Baycott just spun baseline off of the contact. Filipowski was trying to keep him out of the middle of Trimble, kicks it way ahead to Baycott. And that is the exclamation point on a Tar Heel win over the Blue Devils here tonight. Baycott had 25 points and 10 rebounds as number three North Carolina defeated rival Duke 93-84. Baycott was 10 of 13 from the field and also handed out five assists in the win. North Carolina now has a two-game lead in the ACC standings. Nominee number two, Juju Watkins. Watkins from the free throw line. Juju Watkins woke up this morning and said, I choose buckets. Murmurs here inside of Maple Pavilion. Watkins pull up the road. Get out of town. Juju Watkins. Watkins tries a three. She silences the crowd. And with that, she sets the USC record for most points in the game. What? Watson scored a career High 51 points as number 15 USC upset number four Stanford 67 58. Watson went 14 for 26 from the field, including six of 11 from behind the arc, and hit 17 of her 19 free throw attempts. The six and six two freshman set the school single game scoring mark in leading the Trojans to their first win at Stanford since 2001. Nominee number three. Giannis, Milwaukee Bucks. Five seconds to shoot. Giannis takes a peek at the shot clock, decides to pull the trigger from straight away. Five seconds on the shot clock. Here's Dame going to work. Lobs it up to Giannis. Two seconds on the shot clock, and he puts it up and through. Draws the foul. Dame to Giannis. That post touch. The double team come and swing through. Move. He splits the double team with no problem. 
Giannis scored 48 points, dished out 10, re- 10 assists, and grabbed six rebounds as the Bucks rallied from 24 points down after the first quarter to defeat the Mavs 129-117 on Saturday. Milwaukee trailed 44-20 after the first quarter, but outscored Dallas by 36 points for the rest of the game. Nominee number four, Zach Eady, Purdue. Look at this alley Oh, it's Eady upstairs to Rodasaurus. Smith drives in. Banker slams down. You give him a sack attack. You give him an assist. Lillard gets it in. Ahead. Eady slams it down. One way of closing the door from over the top and attack. With his 18 points, 13 rebounds, and three blocks on Sunday in a 75-69 win over Wisconsin, Edie became just the third player in NCAA history with 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 200 career blocks while shooting over 60% from the field. He joins basketball legends Patrick Ewing and David Robinson on that list. Edie has also scored at least 10 points in 74 straight games. So, Jenks, who is your Monday MVP? Well, Double D, let me say this. If this were a career award, I would give it to Zach Eady because he's in such incredible company. But this is about the weekend, essentially. So I'm going to give it to Armando Baycott. I know we're sick of seeing this guy. This is his 18th year in school. You're giving me the thumbs down. I probably deserve it. But I think this was this was partially about his performance because he was unbelievable in this game. But I also think this was about making a statement. It was making a statement to the conference and to the rest of college basketball. And I think to have a rivalry game like this where you go out, you perform at a very high level. And remember, Carolina is a team where Baycott, for most of the season, has taken a bit of a step back so that R.J. Davis could be more of a scorer. That is by plan. And in a big game, he says, all right, I'm going to step up. And Hubert Davis told him, I need you to be more of that guy. He was that guy. He was unbelievable. So I'm going Baycott. Yeah, I think the moment matters here. And the situation matters. Because all four of these were great performances. But only one was in one of the most storied rivals uh, rivalries across all sports. Like when you think of the biggest rivalries in sports, you think Red Sox, Yankees, you think, you know, Carolina, Duke, Alabama, Auburn. These are the games that matter the most when they are old and gray. They will think about March Madness too, but they'll think about the rivalry matchup. So Armando Baycott, uh, it pains me to say this. I think he's the MVP of the weekend he was unstoppable down low because obviously he had the stat sheet that jumps off the page but still you're seeing him down low and every single time carolina needed a bucket the go-to guy was armando baycott so a big win for carolina at home a team that now looks to be uh, the top dog in the acc Uh, so i'm gonna go with armando baycott as well you could offer me a million dollars that name's not coming out of my mouth Dirty baby blue wearing mother truckers. Carolina smells funky. Uh, I'm going with Juju Watkins. Uh, What an unbelievably great performance from a freshman in women's basketball. Scoring 51 points, leading the team on the road to a win against number four ranked Stanford. An upset. 
I got to give it to Juju Watkins. Yeah, and what a call. Waking up in the morning and choosing buckets, an all-time ah. line for whoever was doing the play-by-play or the color. I don't know which person it was, but a great line there. All right, so we woke up this morning and we chose Super Bowl. We're talking the Super Bowl next. The line movement that you need to know about and the props that you should be betting before the line moves. That's next on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to The Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM, with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Off and running. Happy Monday. It is not your normal Monday, at least. At least we have the Super Bowl to look forward to this week. In this segment, we'll give you all the latest updates when it comes to line movement. When it comes to anything you should be betting, ahead of the weekend when everybody and their mom will be placing their bets because some of these lines are going to move maybe not the spread maybe not the total but at least some of these props but before we get to that jenks big news Mm -hmm. in washington as cliff kingsbury is now your new offensive coordinator for the washington commanders of course we know that name has you know uh, been around for a while he was the head coach of the arizona cardinals before that came from texas tech And probably, I'm not going to say more famously, but Mm -hmm. somebody who knows how to have a little style. Because the first Uh, thing I think of when I think of Cliff Kingsbury is that viral picture that he posted during draft day, I think. And him, it was him lounging in his like epic Arizona home where he had like the palm trees, the big windows. His house looked awesome. I wonder if he still has that house. And I'm wondering if he's going to be watching the Super Bowl there. Maybe we can snag an invite. <laughs> that would be nice. Well, maybe he'll have some sort of sweet pad here in D.C. And then maybe I can get mm-hmm. him in. Not, I'll never come close to it. And they'll probably file a restraining order against me. I'm, I think it's a good hire. I, I, I wonder what it means. I think ultimately what it means is that the commanders are definitely going to get a quarterback. I think that's pretty much a foregone conclusion now, which is crazy mm-hmm. to think about. Because at the beginning of the year, it was Sam Howell's the future, Sam Howell's the future. And what do you know? A season has passed, and now it looks like that the commanders are going to go after Drake May, possibly. But I think it's a good signing. I think it's interesting. I, I also think that clearly the commanders are moving on from Eric Bieniemy, and we didn't know whether or not that was going to happen. He only got one year in D.C., so you have to wonder – how much of this is the enemy? I, I, I think the jury is still out on the enemy. I feel like when you came in under Ron Rivera, under a an administration, if you will, that was sort of doomed from the start, I felt like because we all sort of figured this might be the, the final year for Ron Rivera. But him finding a new landing place, I wonder if he goes back to Kansas City. That would be interesting. But ultimately, I think this is good for the commanders. It'll add some excitement. And I also like the fact that if you want to – play this up a little bit. I know Nick Asher talked about this as well, is that the commander's getting two of the Cowboys defensive coaches, A, Dan Quinn as head coach, and then Joe Witt Jr., who 
was we the secondary coach in Dallas, and now he's also coming to D.C. to be a defensive coordinator. I think it's a little fascinating as well. So, hey, let's go ahead and and get our hires in place and also steal from the Cowboys at the same time. Do you think there's an advantage to that, which you kind of hinted at it, saying you're stealing from the Cowboys, but also a coach or a coordinator that already knows the conference and, or excuse mm-hmm. me, that already knows the division? Do you think there's an advantage? Absolutely, because then you have familiarity with each and every mm-hmm. opponent in your division. And then also, once you take that person, you clearly, not always, but you can weaken that defense. We've talked a lot about how a coordinator can make a huge difference, either offensively or defensively. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. You get someone who knows the division. And clearly, when you're talking about the NFC East, generally one of the most competitive divisions in all of football, certainly one of the most historic. So I kind of think it's a win-win from that perspective. And it does gives you give you a bit of an advantage, particularly when you're talking about playing a team twice in a season, you know, then I think it's a huge advantage. So you think they're going to get Drake May for their quarterback? Uh, Riddle me this. Mm -hmm. Is this a fair narrative? Because the first thing I think is, oh, they're going for another Carolina quarterback? Uh, How did that work out the first time? Because this used to be the talking point when you would draft a quarterback from USC, like in the more recent years. Because mm -hmm. USC used to be like this powerhouse school of quarterbacks that just churned them out. And then they started turning into duds. You're like, okay. Uh, so Sam Darnold wasn't as promised. Do you really want to mm-hmm. go back to USC? Do you think this is a valid concern or is it, you know, a very small sample size and maybe something that is not relevant? I, you know, I don't necessarily think, I think it's maybe more of a coincidence. We've seen this with Ohio state mm-hmm. forever until CJ Stroud came along, right? Whether it was Dwayne Haskins or, Terrell Pryor for a while, and then Justin Fields, and now CJ comes along. People say, oh, look at this. All of a sudden, you've got an Ohio State quarterback getting it done. So I don't – I understand why those things exist, but ultimately, these are all different players with different skill sets. And so even with Sam Howe before Drake May, one of the problems with Sam Howe was, look, this guy holds onto the football for a long time. He doesn't have a real strength in knowing when to get rid of it and knowing how long he has in the pocket. And we've seen that translate to the pros. It's been a big problem. He took sack after sack this season. I think Drake May is a different quarterback. I know some people will say, oh, it's Carolina, it's Carolina, but I don't really buy into that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, and it's not as much of a system as, like, USC was. Like, that was right. a place where, like, quarterbacks came from. I'm yes. trying to think of other UNC quarterbacks. Like, Mitch Trubisky is the only other one I can think of. And he was mm, pretty middling. <laughs> yes. Am well, I missing also, somebody? No, I don't think so. Well, and also, too, when the Bears made that move for Trubisky, I think the most – I think most everyone agreed at the time – they stretched big time. Like we were all just like, whoa, like this is a this is a real stretch for a guy that probably shouldn't be drafted this high. So I think that's more on the Bears than anything else. 
where Trubisky was talented coming out of school. There's no question about it. But the move that they made at the time wasn't worth the the talent that he was projected to be in the NFL. So that was one of the Bears inflating his value based on what they gave up to go after him as opposed to, oh, Trubisky should be going this high. I think he's proven that he shouldn't have gone that high. Yeah, and sometimes these organizations really miss when it comes to quarterback. A uh, quarterback that's in the Super Bowl, these are the quarterbacks that Mm -hmm. were taken ahead of Brock Purdy, who was playing for the Niners, Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Mm -hmm. And Kenny Pickett. So I'm wondering if any of those teams are going to be watching the Super Bowl this Sunday and saying, hmm, maybe we should have given Mr. Irrelevant a shot. Even in like, you know, the round before the last round, uh, maybe not even in the first round, but still, Brock Purdy, what an incredible story rolling into the Super Bowl this year. All right, so let's look at the lines for this year's big game. We have the Niners laying two. We have a total of 47 and a half. We haven't seen much line movement when it comes to the side or the total, but some of these props, we have seen some movement. And I remember saying this last week. If you are betting on any player props, if you are taking it over, you need to go ahead and bet these right now because all they're going to do is move. Nobody wants to bet an under in the Super Bowl, especially when it comes to these big-time players. So I think the first one that I was looking at was Travis Kelsey. Are we going to see his line move? Because uh, I think it opened around 65.5. It was 69.5. Uh, I think later last week, I'm trying to find it right now, but BetMGM has so many bets that it's difficult for me to find. So, Jenks, can you think of any other cases where you should be betting on something now as opposed to later in the week? The What I would say is that I, I would be on a Christian McCaffrey and how many touches, how many rushes he's going to get bet. I would forget about yards and just go with touches just because I believe that if you're San Francisco, this this is what frustrates me about the Ravens and Chiefs game, and the Chiefs deserve full credit for winning that game. So his rush attempts, Matt says, 18 and a hook, I would would take that because I believe if you're the Niners, you want to, and the Ravens completely fail at this, you want to play – your game and get the ball in the hands of your weapons and no one is a greater weapon than christian mccaffrey so win or lose if you're the niners you go down you dance with the one who brung you right and so that's the ravens did not do that the ravens decided hey let's quit running the ball now we've gotten to this point by running the ball all season long let's just pass every down why would you do that why would you get away from the one thing that made you so effective i don't believe the niners will do that now Will they be successful against an exceptional Chiefs defense? That remains to be seen. But I don't think they will self-sabotage by suddenly saying, oh, let's just get Christian, you know, handful of touches here. No, let him touch the ball as much as possible and try and beat you. I think this is a good read because I think a lot of it is based on regular season metrics. And there were a lot of games where, you know, the Niners were up big. Like a lot of their games this year, they were winning by a lot. So they weren't going to, you know, wear the tread down on the tires for Christian McCaffrey. So they give Elijah Mitchell or somebody else some of those touches later in the game. Uh, The other sabotage factor, though, is do you think he gets this if the Niners are behind? Because that's kind of been the game script the past two games for San Francisco. Yeah. Although, he still got this against the the Lions. Uh, the last time out had 20 carries, 90 yards, 
even though the Niners were down in most of that game. So he is not your normal run-of-the-mill running back. I think he probably gets the touches no matter what because he's somebody fully capable of breaking up uh, off a massive run just about any time. I think maybe the only other sabotage factor is, okay, maybe he's catching passes. But do you think he gets this if the Niners are playing from behind? Probably not. It's a very good point. And so will the Niners will the Niners come out and be different than what we've seen over the past couple of weeks? It's not really like them to play from behind. So I think that's I think that's a very good point that look, if the this is where we call we always come back and talk about game script, right? So if how do you think mm-hmm. this game is going to go? And so if you think it's going to be tight throughout if you think the Niners might jump out to us, if the, if the Chiefs are up a touchdown or up a field goal, then sure. Then McCaffrey's still going to get his, his yardage. But if it, if it becomes untenable and it's late in the game, then all of a sudden maybe he doesn't. I think maybe you also maybe look at a passing and rushing prop. If you want to go yardage and maybe look. I just I think of all the players in this game, I think he is the most important player outside of a quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, the most important player. I get that. But I'm saying out even, even more so than Kelsey, I feel like, because the Niners can do so many different things with McCaffrey, both in the air and on the ground. So he would be the one guy I would like. Oh, it's pretty high. 128 and a hook. It's a high number, though. I'm saying if he gets that, you might as well bet him MVP, right? If you think the right. Niners win, if he gets over 128 total yards, how do you take the MVP away from him? Like, I get that Brock Purdy is the quarterback, but all season long, there's the narrative attached to it. It reminds me almost of the year that Cooper Cup had going into the Super Bowl. Did he win the MVP of the regular season? No, but he still won Super Bowl MVP, even though it was Matt Stafford feeding him the football. So I do think that's the better look as opposed to, you know, playing some of these massive numbers for Christian McCaffrey, play him at plus 450 to win the MVP, uh, if you do think the Niners win the Super Bowl, because I don't think he's going to win the MVP if the Niners don't win, obviously. Right. Uh, what about the other side? And if you are a better, a better never forgets. I remember the rushing prop for Patrick Mahomes last time these two squared off in the Super Bowl was set at a certain amount of yards. Because the Chiefs were ahead, he would do the kneel downs. And guess what? He lost his rushing bet based on those kneel downs he had it you know going into that final drive uh so here's my question quarterback rushing props this is the most important game of the entire season we know a quarterback will risk their body in the super bowl if they need to in order to get a first down looking at brock purdy he looked pretty shifty against the lions uh really scrambled and even though he's not lamar jackson he's somebody who can run enough for a first mm-hmm. down. So quarterback rushing props is the sabotage factor of, you know, the kneel downs at the end of the game too strong for you to take some of these, or do you say, this is a good angle. This is something I'm looking at. I think it's something worth looking at, particularly, I mean, honestly, with both quarterbacks, we, we keep saying, and we, it, it has turned out to be true. These guys, you know, if it's week three of the NFL, they're going to slide, you know, if it's the Super Bowl. What are they going to do? They're going to push for that extra mm-hmm. yard. They'll be smart about it. But I always think about, this is an old school reference, but if you remember John Elway, when he played in the Super Bowl, 
and he was scrambling out of the pocket and he wasn't as mobile as he was in his earlier days, but there's this one play where he's rushing out of the pocket and he gets hit and he gets spun around in the air. And <laughs> that would not happen in a regular season game. So maybe we won't see some sort of crazy highlight like that, but with so much on the line, there will be no, you know, I can sacrifice a yard here. It will be, yeah, I'll be smart, but I'm getting every yard I have to. And both of these guys are fleet of foot. They're not speedsters, but mm -hmm. they're maneuverable. So I like that as well. Yeah, Brock Purdy's yards for his rushing prop is 12 and a half. He could get this in one rush. He rushed for 48 yards against the Lions, five carries, had six carries against the Packers for 14 yards. So maybe he's not the most efficient runner, but it still feels like a really low number. Oof, I'm tempted, yeah. Jenks. Uh, that's odd. Man, I've not realized the number was that low. Bet it now, Chelsea. Now's the time. Oh, God. I'm going to have like 50 yeah. bets for the Super Bowl. And you know what? It's the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. All right. Your headline roundup for the entire weekend is coming up next here on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Hour two rolls on here on the Daily Tip. In this segment, we'll go over some of the headlines maybe you missed over the weekend. Maybe you were doing some other things with your time other than watching NFL football on a Sunday. Jenks, I almost tagged you in a meme. Uh, I think it was oh, last God. night. I was like, oh, yeah. Jenks is asleep. Don't tag him in anything. <laughs> but some of these Taylor Swift memes regarding the Super Bowl are pretty funny because okay. we know she's going to be hopping aboard the jet oh, going yes. from Japan all the way to the Super Bowl. And one of the knocks on Taylor Swift um, is that she is emitting a lot of fumes into the atmosphere when she is using her private jet, mm -hmm. jet all the time. So one of these memes was a t-shirt that says Swifty Bowl, and it has her on her jet, and it says Carbon Footprint Champion. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I, I, I understand the criticism, and I, um, I am someone who is very aware of the environment. I think the environment is important, but at the same time, What's she supposed to do? Take a glider? Do you know what I mean? I, I'm, yeah. I think there are ways to mitigate this for sure. At the same time, yeah, I guess if you're looking for something, you can criticize her. I am not going to criticize Taylor Swift for using a private jet that she has earned. Because let me tell you something. If I had the money, I would also use a private jet. And I care about the environment. And I'm not saying I would use it all the time unnecessarily. I think... The ones that bother me are when you hear someone taking a private jet for like a 30-minute trip or something, or like an hour trip. It's like, hey, maybe you're overdoing it here. If you're coming from Japan, can we give someone a little bit of leeway here? Do you expect Taylor Swift to get in line at Spirit and to just wait? Like, yeah, I, I don't think Spirit flies that far. I don't think their <laughs> planes are quality enough to make it that distance. Spirit, a Spirit jet. The biggest spirit jet 
can fly from Washington, D.C. to Arlington, Virginia. It's about two or three miles, and then they got to land it and refuel. <laughs> no, they're not. There's not going to. But my point is, what do you, I mean, what do you expect Taylor to do? To hop on just a commercial airliner? Are you kidding me? She's not going to do that. There's no way. It would be impossible. So I. this is one thing. If she were abusing it and just going back and forth, back and forth between small geographical areas, areas okay, fine. But I'm not going to criticize her for this. People are always looking at something. Well, I get it. And also time is of the essence. Like she can't wait for the next plane or, you know, work around somebody else's schedule because she is a very busy woman. We get it. She's very successful. But I think the frustrating part is this other meme says me drinking from a soggy straw, trying to save the planet. And then it shows like all of the gallons of, you know, CO whatever that Taylor Swift is emitting. And you're like, wow, why do I even try? You know, I think that's the tough part about doing anything to help the planet because you're like okay is me drinking from this paper straw that's absolutely miserable you know 20 Mm -hmm. minutes in am i doing anything i think that's the toughest part for people because like i recycle but like the straw part i'll do the aluminum straws but the paper straws whew that's a tough sell i mean i'm drinking out of an aluminum straw right now we recycle and also let me ask you this yeah, I'm doing my, but also ask yourself this question. If you're on that level of a Taylor Swift, she's the biggest star in the world. And you're, you have the opportunity to use a private jet to go see your boyfriend after your concert. Are, honestly, look yourself in the mirror. Are you going to say, mm, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, uh, I may be late, but I'll go ahead and buy my ticket on American and I'll hopefully I maybe I can get back for the fourth quarter. You're not going to do that. So I love it when people compare themselves to uh, uh, to different levels to which they can't even fathom. Right. I'm not saying that like I disagree with her and I'm like you know downloading her. I'm just saying it makes me not want to do my part. So I'm like, oh God, (laughs) makes you not. Why am I even doing this if she's just doing all this and it's not even mattering? Uh, but the memes have been funny. So we will give T-Swift and the haters online that. Because that's one thing America is very good at. Um, you know, oh, talking yeah. trash about people on the internet. Maybe we're not as good at math and science as we used to be. But damn it, we are good at internet humor. All right, so let's get to the, some of the headlines that we saw over the weekend. And a big one regarding the Kansas City Chiefs and their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes Sr., who is Patrick Mahomes' dad, arrested over the weekend uh, on Saturday night, I should say, in Tyler, Texas, for driving while intoxicated. Now, normally you would say, okay, it's one, but this is his third offense. He has actually served jail time in the past because of this. It always feels like there is some type of headline that I'm not going to say as a distraction, but it's Mm -hmm. some type of headline like this. Like, remember the year where... Andy Reid's son got in a car wreck and like that was yeah. the big deal. Um, so I, fe- I kind of feel for Patrick Mahomes here. The fact mm-hmm. that the attention is taken off of the game and off of him and off of the Super Bowl. And also it feels like somebody who has had quite the trouble with his family because it yes. hasn't been his dad in the past. It's been Jackson Mahomes. You yeah. know, his wife is doing like crazy antics, which she's not getting arrested. But still, right. you get what I'm saying. The family has kind of been a circus lately. Yeah, isn't it crazy how of all the people in his circle 
who have the most amount of pressure and the most amount of responsibility that he's the one who keeps his cool more than anyone else. Jackson Mahomes, I believe, is facing some sort of charges right now. Brittany has received some criticism in the past for her behavior, and now his dad arrested for DUI. So honestly, it makes me appreciate Patrick Mahomes even more because not only is he the best quarterback on the planet, but also he has had to keep his calm while navigating the stretch where everyone around him is doing something or has done something that could serve as a massive distraction. So full credit to Patrick Holmes. It's one of those, it's the last thing he needs right now. And I'm sure he's going to be fine because he's proven time and time again, he's been able to handle things like that. But it's as, as I always say, maybe it doesn't hurt, but it definitely doesn't help. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think this is the most relatable thing about Patrick Mahomes because haven't we all been embarrassed by a family member? Maybe it's just me, but I feel like a lot of people have this problem where, you know, you don't choose your family and it's not under your control. And just because you are related to somebody does not mean that that is a reflection of you. So for me to say this about somebody who is a freak athlete, somebody who's making $500 million, somebody who by those standards is not relatable. But on this, I feel like Patrick Mahomes is very relatable. Yeah. Don't we all, like you said, don't we all have issues with some sort of family members? No one has a perfect family. No one. Doesn't matter who you are. There's always someone acting out or there's always some sort of drama. Family's tough sometimes. And so it's got to make it even tougher when it just plays out so publicly. Like I saw that headline this morning. I was like, oh, God, this guy's trying to get ready for one of the biggest games of his life. I say games because he's played in multiple Super Bowls, but Mm -hmm. one of the biggest games of his life. And now he's I'm I'm sure he's having to deal with this. Like I am, I've got media to do. I've got to work out. I've got to focus. And now I'm having to take care of my dad or figure out what's going on. It cannot be easy. I think it's also a good reminder to how squeaky clean Patrick Mahomes has been. So hate on him all you want, you know, say he's annoying. It's the same deal with LeBron James. Both of these guys have had a white hot spotlight on them for quite some time now. And it just feels like they haven't had a single misstep, at least when it comes to a legal perspective. You can be annoying all you want, but that is a different characterization of, you know, what you have going on in your life. So salute to Patrick Mahomes for being an outstanding citizen, at least in the legal realm. All right, let's get to some of these other headlines. Uh, We had the Pebble Beach Pro-Am over the weekend, Wyndham Clark outstanding his third pj tour victory after the tournament was canceled uh due to weather we know that area is kind of notorious for some tough winds coming off the ocean so we only played 54 holes uh wyndham clark shot a 17 under for the weekend including a course record of 60 on saturday uh before we react to this jenks did you see and I feel bad. Wyndham Clark, you get your flowers. But mm-hmm. I think the the most viral video I saw from this weekend was Tom Brady's shot off the tee on one of these holes. Please <laughs> tell me you saw this. He chunked it. It went about two feet. And you're like, Great. oh, my God, that just happened. Tom yeah. Brady, relatable for once in his life. He, too, can suck at golf. I thought it was great. 
Well, I, I, I love who doesn't love Tom Brady. Like I like Tom Brady, but also it is every now and then nice to see that. Oh, you're actually a human being. You do make mistakes. Not everything is perfect. It's like watching Superman. You put a little bit of kryptonite in front of him, and he's like, "Oh, this isn't. Oh, what's wrong there, Soup? Not feeling so good." So I saw that as well. And you know, what golfer, what person who plays golf? I don't care how good you are. And every now and then you'll see this happen to a pro too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's not often, but every now and then they'll just chunk one or, you know, miss hit it and it won't go far. So it happens to the best of us. Yeah, I will say we at our house watched a little of the Live Tour as well. Of course. Let me tell you, you they have some big names. John Rahm, they have Dustin Johnson, they have Brooks Kepka. Yeah. They are very much, I feel like, in contention with the PGA Tour now. I am very interested to see how those two link together because that's what we've been promised. I don't know what's been going on legally, and I'm not going to read into all that because I got things to do. Uh, but still, in the golf world, that is something that I am looking forward to. One day, maybe having like a Ryder Cup of the Live Tour and the PJ Tour. That's what the people want. Yeah. I, I, I think at some point we have to – like we have to see that at some point just for the good of the game. Do you know what I mean? Because it's at first I was like, I'm not going to pay attention to the live tour, but now you have to, because there's just so many big names. So if you're just a fan of golf in general, certainly plenty of big names on the PGA tour as well. And they're still working out this proposed merger, right? Like it hasn't happened right now. They're still separated. And there was that, that headline, Oh, they're going to merge. Not yet, but they've got to figure it out. Yeah, they got to figure it out soon. Uh, Even though I did find them on the CW, it was easy to find, easy to watch. Their graphics are weird, though. I don't love their graphics package. It looks very amateur. Maybe they'll work on it. They've got the money. We know that. All right, top of the hour next here on the Daily Tip, the NBA headlines and the picks and leans for today's schedule next on the Daily Tip. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.